Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Card Subject to Change. I am not the regular host for this. I'm Ken Jones, the uh, onstage chief film critic. Um, and this is the wrestling podcast that we do. Our normal host, Chris Peterson, the founder of the onstage blog, is unable to join us tonight. So it's just a two-man um, I guess Freebird style rules that we're invoking tonight, uh, and it's just me and my friend Forrest Helvey. Forrest, how's how it are going? You? Good, good. How you doing, Kenny? I'm all right. I'd be a whole lot better if I wasn't hosting, but uh, <laughs> you know what? It's it's uh, it's hard out there when you're when you're the uh, founder and chief uh, editor of a blog and the hardest working man in uh, blog show business <laughs> about theater. So, um, yeah. Well, rest Two assured, of us. I think we'll manage better than most of the uh, the card on uh, Stomping Ground pay-per-view. So. <laughs> Just the two of us, and uh, I believe the old saying goes, we can make it if we try. All right. So, <laughs> let's kick things off, then. Let's um, get into You want to jump into uh, Stomping Grounds. Brand stomping new Grounds. pay-per-view. Fresh off. Overall. This is the very first Stomping Grounds, correct? Yep. I'm not. I'm not misremembering that they've never had this before. This was the inaugural outing. Okay, so, and I believe what, um, the, if if I can just put out a theme because they they said this about fifty times over the last two weeks, but the goal for us tonight is to kick ass and take names because it's stomping ground. Yeah, <laughs> somebody exactly. got their ass kicked. Uh, <laughs> Yes, so uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, we had the pre-show, mm-hmm. one match, and you know what? I might, I might go as far as to say this might have been the best match of the night. We had Drew Gulak and Akira Tozawa versus Tony Nese, the uh, cruiserweight champion, mm-hmm. and uh, Drew Gulak came out with the uh, with the, the championship. We had a title change, right? I, I I think this match was a great, great example of what WWE needs to do a little bit more of, and it's diversifying the kinds of wrestling that we can see, you know? Mm. Um, it's tough, because, you know, I know nobody's really watching 205 Live, but, you know, if you turn the channel and check it out, you know, go on to the network, and when it's on, you know, um, you can see some really good wrestling going on. And, you know, Drew Gulak does a really nice job of that. I think Tony Nese does a great job of Kira Tozawa. Um, you know, they really brought their A game. We had some nice, you know, uh, some nice spots uh, throughout the match. I thought the pace was just, you know, kind yeah, of nonstop. They, they were really going. Right. You know, and it was just one right after the next. Um, and I think when you look at an opening match, like that's that's what you want. You want to fire the crowd up, and and I think that's exactly what they delivered on. Yeah, there was there was one spot where I I, I legitimately thought that uh, they might have killed Drew Gulak, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, he came out with the W, got the pinfall, and uh, yeah, new champion. And and I have to say, like the finish on that was was tight. That yeah. uh, like that the, the like a torture rack kind of. Um, he ended up putting it on Tozawa um, to get the pinfall. That I, I thought it looked great. I and, and I think that that's something I, I feel like has been missing. And I will say I think that's something that was definitely missing on the back end of the card. We're having right. you know, was having some really good finishes. So, mm-hmm. yep. So uh, that was the pre-show, mm-hmm. and so let's get into the card proper, if you would. Um, we had Becky Lynch. And Lacey Evans opening the show, which was, for some people, a bit of a head-scratcher. Mm-hmm. But then, by the end of the night, we knew why. Right. <laughs> and Becky Lynch defeated Lacey Evans with a disarmor. And Lacey tapped in about less than two seconds. Right. It was, you know, and there's a couple matches I've kind of felt this way. Like, this would have been fine for, you know, a Monday Night Raw. But yeah. it just just did not have pay-per-view quality caliber match to it um serviceable but nothing great for pay-per-view yeah i I, uh there were a couple of um at least one botched spot here where becky was in the corner on the second turnbuckle and Mm -hmm. kept waiting for for lacy to come over 
Right. So she could like jump and hit her with an elbow or something. And, and either Lacey hesitated or Becky was too early or something, but Becky like literally like turned around, looked at her and then turned it back and, and then did the same thing. Uh, and it just really did not look good. You know, I, 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 I was attributing that more to Lacey than, than yeah, Becky. Probably. Just be, and just Becky, because Becky looked disgusted afterwards too, for a, a little bit. Yeah. You know, and they've been working together a bit. I, I really, I would like to think that this would kind of close out, you know, the, um, contender you know status that she's enjoyed but given the way that the pay-per-view ended yeah i don't don't think we're gonna have that yet (laughs) given the way that raw opened last night uh it does not appear that uh that'll be going away anytime soon either right we're gonna have to wait till uh the end of extreme rules for this story to uh hopefully completed hopefully (laughs) hopefully (laughs) yeah but uh lacy still has a long ways to go in the in the ring it right. Was, yeah, and it was my general takeaway. Her her mic work is still good. I think she I think she's got the heel character down. Yeah. I think it's just a matter of she needs some time polishing up her wrestling skills. I gotta to say, make I, a... I did enjoy the uh, little like mandible claw there uh, right before the end. <laughs> well, and you catch like she, I think she wiped her underarms with yes. the uh, the tissue, and then it got shoved down her throat. So yep. that was kind of funny. Yeah. So, anyways, not not a lot of highlights from from that match. Um, next up, we had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defeating the New Day, mm-hmm. and I don't know why I'm asking that as a question. <laughs> I, I think it's the the shock and surprise that I'm Ron Owens Burgundy was actually able to to get a win, which yes. I think was good. You it's know? nice because they've been taking a lot of L's since they. Uh, since they came back from their injuries, right. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So, I felt like this was the uh, the right ending for um, for this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think I think that worked out well. You know, I think Xavier Woods did a great job working. You know, uh, I think he took a lot of the the hits right. throughout there. Um, and and but I think overall it paid off. You know, I think we saw uh, saw some good 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 pacing. Yeah, um, especially at the beginning, that was frantic. Like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Xavier was on the ropes early on there. Yeah, but um, go ahead. But again, like I said, I think I'm hoping that they're going to spend a little time building up Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn because if they're, I, I don't think they're the kind of characters who can continually get beaten up and still maintain their cachet as yeah. credible, viable threats. Sami Zayn, well, especially. Yeah, there's very few who can. Um, so. Yeah, it's it's uh it's good to see them get a W. Um I, I wonder if um you know Xavier taking uh so much of the, the punishment is still about Big E kinda like getting back into the swing of things after having his uh you know yeah, I discus or whatever I it so. was um they had surgery on. Yep. Yeah. So you know, I think it was a safety call, but again, I think it can serve the heels well on this one. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, well, we're just breezing through this paper. It's going to be like a twenty-minute podcast, maybe not. Well, I think I think we had a, the last one was a little on the longer side, so we're we're making up right. law of averages. Plus, Chris just loves to talk. Um, <laughs> loves the sound of his own voice. Uh, so, oh boy. Uh, so, Forrest, are you sitting down? So the WWE the hates Joe. <laughs> yeah. So we got for the next match. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna clear the uh, clear the floor, give you the space to operate, and uh, give you a little ISO on this. We got Ricochet defeating Samoa Joe to become the United States champion. Go ahead, Forrest. Floor is yours. I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> no, here's the thing. Like, I mean, I love Ricochet, and the me too. And the thing is, like, in NXT, you know, before he stepped out, you know, he was the North Atlantic, uh, uh, North American, excuse me, champion. Um, kind of that mid-belt right below, you know, that uh, the top title. And I think that's a, I think that's where he's going to really operate best. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just wish they would do something with Joe and let him have that belt and build it up. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I don't think it's the time to go ahead and put Ricochet against Joe. You know, we've been constantly beating Joe down. There's a perfect example of a guy who is just constantly taking losses. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I know that the big buzz is like, you know, if there's any guy that can take a loss and not really lose any credibility, it's Joe. But how many times has he been put in a, in a, in a title, you know, uh, contention and won it? Right. They never let him seal the deal on, you know, the universal or the heavyweight championship, you know? Um, so this was an opportunity for at least him to take a belt and run with it and just have a monster run. Um, and I think, you know, I think that that's, that's the problem. And my concern now is that they're going to be prepping him for, you know, being fed to Rollins. Well, uh, have you seen raw yet? I haven't, I haven't seen it. Okay. So I will say it's not exactly what you think, but you're on the right path. (laughs) And I will also say along the same lines. Um, the 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 split roster is no longer mean anything. No, and I, so and I think you can. That, I think you can put two to, and two together and figure out what I'm saying in between the lines. There, you know, it's it's one of those pieces where he's what forty years old now. Is he really? Yeah, and, and the thing I think you've got to look at is how many more years can you get out of him? Right. You know, it would and be nice to me, get. It would be nice to get like one really good big run for him, you know. Right. You know, because they I don't think know it's if he'll just, be there down the road. I don't think they have the willingness to put the strap on him. And so with that in mind, I was like, all right, fine. If you're not gonna make him universal, if you're not gonna give him the heavyweight, you know, then give him the US championship and let him have a monster run with it. Like let him be a defining character. I mean Chris Jericho has had the heavyweight before, but I think most people think of him. I think he's one of the the best, the most IC winning champ in history. Like he elevated that title. When you think of Macho Man Randy Savage, most people I know don't necessarily think of him from his his heavyweight. They think of him from IC, you know? So I think that Joe having the U.S. championship doesn't necessarily define him down. I think it actually gives him a chance to define himself because he hasn't had that opportunity to create a run. And I think if he could have had a monster run, that'd be fantastic. I wonder, Um, I I wonder how much of it is because he's had so many like fluke injuries since he's been up to the main roster um, that they're kind of hesitant because they don't know if he's going to be around, you know, more than four months at a time before, something else comes up and he's on the sidelines for, you know, another three months. Well, and that's where like, you know, I can understand that argument and not give him, you know, uh, the heavyweight title reign or a universal title reign. But I think you can easily do that with something like the U S championship, Yeah, you know? So, so I'm, I'm really disappointed that they've, they've moved in this direction and they did a really quick about face. Now I've, I obviously I'm not watching a SmackDown. I'm not sure what's going on with Ian AJ, but I feel like doing that is a pretty quick indicator they're trying to move Joe away from his title. Yeah, um, they're definitely pivoting. It, it, it looks like this match between Ricochet and Samoa Joe is is just a one off, and 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 they're Get both the going off. in completely different directions. Um, so I mean, if that's the case, then I then I hope it. that there's a better payoff for Joe down the line. Um, right, you know it, it. It it also I gotta say it, it feels like, if I'm being honest, like it feels like Ricochet is the guy that should have been in this position with Joe instead of Rey Mysterio for the last four months. Right, you know, because it feels like they could have told a really good story with with these two guys. Although having said that, Ricochet I don't even think came up until after the Rumble, so. Uh, or came up at the. I can't forget. I, I forget uh, when exactly it was called up, but um, but you know, you know. He's, he's a he's a better younger ver- like I don't want to say better younger version of Rey Mysterio because Rey's a legend and everything, but Ray uh, Ricochet is at a better point in his career 
and is has the high flying stuff down to a science. You know, I, I think oh. he's he's got a nice high flying um, acrobatic dynamic style that, that you don't typically see. So I think I think he's good for that mid card title range. Um, and again, so I I think if you're going to have somebody hold that belt, he's a great pick. Uh, I, I was thrilled when he came up to main roster. Uh, mm. A little disappointed to see him leave NXT, but you know, great to see him on the main roster. But I just didn't like seeing him have to uh, put Joe down. Um, and there's a part of me that can't. You know, I'm just sitting back and wondering, like, you know, is Joe going to be best served sticking around with WWE, where he's not going to get utilized to do anything other than getting other talent over? Or would he be better served at the um, alternative competition <laughs> come fall? Yeah, where, we say that, but yeah, keep going. No, I'm just thinking, you know, you give him a chance over there, he will come over as a bigger player. He might have more of a shot of rising higher. But yeah. it on, I mean, and he's a guy, you put him on the mic, he's got the skill. Oh, he's great on the mic. To work the mic. Better than I, me. And I wonder if he'd have, I wonder if he'd really like that flexibility. So there's, I'm just, yeah. he'd be, he'd be a curious uh, shift. So, yeah, I, I think, don't know. Um, yeah, I just, I, I hate to see Joe drop the strap this quickly. Um, but I'm hoping that this frees him up for a main event push that, you know, maybe, you know, extreme rules. He's fighting somebody like Kofi. But then, you know, they have like a two or three pay-per-view, uh, you know, program that, that builds to maybe like he wins at SummerSlam or something, you know? Dare to dream. Dare to dream. <laughs> From my lips but, to God's ears, right? <laughs> so all, all of this said, this is probably, if. If not match to the night, it's it's a close second yeah. to uh, to our two hundred five. Yeah, I would uh, I would champion. say for the main card, this was this was my favorite match. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really love the contrast and styles between these two. Um, right, and, and so I thought it was really a really good match. You know, uh, I think yeah, I think you get um, you get a good contrast in styles. You get a very classic, uh, you know, little man, big man kind of David Goliath action going on in the story, um, and it really. Really, I think Joe. If you're going to take Ricochet, give him the belt as a kind of a culminating piece of you know uh, the small guy, the you know done good, you know the um, you know kind of little little engine that could kind of story that they've been pushing with him and that traditional you know babyface uh, character growth. Then then Joe's a good guy to to put him up against for that you know that big yeah. behemoth to overcome. Um, and obviously they play that up in the back with the vignettes with everyone congratulating him, giving him the standing out and everything. Yeah. All right. You, you feel like you got uh, everything off your chest with Samoa Joe that you want? I'll complain more later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There, there are many more pay-per-views and many more opportunities for WWE to show how much they hate Joe. Yeah. And I'll be there waiting. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> we'll see. All right. So moving on, we got the tag team champions from SmackDown. Uh, with Daniel Bryan and Rowan defeating Heavy Machinery. And I'm going to say that this match actually surprised me by how good it was. Uh, in terms of it not being necessarily great, but better than I expected. I, I, I enjoyed the uh, hometown cheer that Daniel Bryan got. Um, I also appreciated the the, <laughs> the chance that the crowd was throwing during this match, including, <laughs> <laughs> including we recycle and drive a drive Prius. A Prius. <laughs> I mean, really, that's just some next level. Uh, that's some quality chance. Yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> Kudos to the uh, to the fans in Tacoma uh, Sunday night. So now I know that technically Daniel Bryan and Rowan won that match, 
But I'm going to take a swerve on this and say that the fans won this match. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> but it's also a loss for WWE. <laughs> and here's why. Okay. Because, in theory, play this out with me, okay? What should fans do when the heels come out? I mean, yes, I get what you're they saying. They should be booed. Right. Yes. And and when the baby faces come out, a team who you're trying to get over, what should the fans do for them? Cheer. Cheer them. Yes. Right. Okay. I, I, I get your point. So, are you ready for this one? But okay, go ahead. They I, were. I have a but. They were cheering. So when you were watching Daniel Bryan throwing his his yes kicks, they are going over. Like they're loving it. They're cheering yes. for him. And I'm like, yes. you're beating up. The good guys, and the and he's not even like a cool, you know, heel. He is he is leaning so hard into his role, which is where I think he's still so good in that yes. in that new position. Um, but he is a dyed in the wool, you know, organic dye, of course, naturally yes. sourced wool um, heel, and they're straight up rooting for the heel, and they are. They are not cheering for the good guys. And this is a team that they're trying to get over. They're trying to get, you know, heavy machinery over. And by all accounts, they should. But it's just like, yeah. to me, I get the fact that, like, putting heavy machinery against Daniel Bryan and Rowan and, you know, a tag team championship match on paper, that's, you know, hey, we're booking them to kind of give them the push. And all considering so many other wrestlers who have been forgotten about. Yes, on paper that makes sense, but I feel like there's an element here where you gotta know this is kind of a hometown crowd for Daniel Bryan. Yes. Don't put somebody against him that you want to get over. They're well, not going to get over. Here's the thing, like, and they didn't. <laughs> they they didn't, but I think Heavy Machinery is a team that they they want to push. Um. But I think it's a longer push than one pay per view uh, can accomplish, uh, or or completely make a break either. Um, I I think just you know you know what you're gonna get from a crowd in Washington when Daniel Bryan comes out. You just do. There's no there's no getting around it. Um. And it's early enough in the program between Heavy Machinery and uh, Daniel and and Rowan that it's not going to be, you know, the end of of the push for Heavy Machinery if the Tacoma crowd uh, is is totally against them the entire match. No, and and I don't think it'll necessarily end it, but <clears throat> you know what I'm I'm looking at, and I don't think it's troubling for them either. I think in the greater context, though, it adds another stone in the bag. And by that, I mean, you know, when you look at the ratings for, for WWE lately, like they've been in the, in the gutters, you know, when you look at even Stomping Ground, for, you know, you read the reports, um, apparently they sold less than 4,000 tickets to this arena. Really? Um, yeah. Like, it was a they, small arena, too. They, they really struggled to sell. So to, in my head, I'm like, you want to deliver and come out as strong as possible. Plus, I mean, add in the fact that we're we're not that far removed from double or nothing from AEW, you know. Um, and then you had NXT Takeover not that long ago in uh, you know uh, Bridgeport, which was yeah. amazing. So now main roster, this is their first pay per view after after AEW showing, which. W- had multiple matches. The oh, you're just skipping over Super Showdown. <laughs> oh, that happened. I, yeah. Anyhow, anyhow, <laughs> this is the first pay per view <laughs> beyond Bloodsport. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think, and I don't think you want to talk, look, really look at Showdown considering some no, of the no, no, major no, no. botches I was, I, there. No. I I think I think booking smart is is key, and I don't think that this was smart booking. If I'm putting on my uh, my tinfoil hat here, yeah, I, I think. Um, I think but a good match. Prob- <laughs> I I thought that uh, 
yeah, back to the match. I would say I thought I thought of the two guys from Heavy Machinery. Um, I thought Otis actually came out looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, he spent a lot of time in the ring. It seemed with Daniel Bryan, and and they did they did a good job together. Um, I think in the grand scheme of things, I I'm not sure that WWE has adjusted to the landscape um, as it is as it is currently. Right. Uh, I think traditionally, um, basically everything. Not everything, but most of everything from after WrestleMania to SummerSlam is kind of just like a reset and a throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks to get us through most of the summer. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Uh, and then we'll we'll really start like ramping things up for WrestleMania and and you know like big storylines like leading into the fall uh, coming out of SummerSlam. But uh, I'm not sure that they can get away with doing that anymore. No, they and it, it feels I, like the wells run dry. But I also don't know that if they, uh, I, I feel like they don't think that they need to sweat AEW yet, and we'll find out whether they do or not. But, right. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> it's definitely a different era than it was. Right. And so, you know, one way or another, we'll find out, I guess. So, you know, I think I think the booking on that front, just the timing of it wasn't necessarily the best. But yes, the match itself, I thought was pretty good. Mm. Um, you know, I think Otis's personality and he's 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 fun to watch. Yeah, it came um, out in the match. I, I, I haven't been a fan of heavy machinery from what I've seen so far. And I thought they're a little like too comic bookie no in the sense of he has a bigger than life character he yes. he to me comes right out of you know 1980s he he would fit exactly. in well with saturday morning yeah. you know uh 100 yeah um like you can and, see his character on on um the the hulk hogan cartoon from the 80s but i think know? the one thing that works though for it that you wouldn't expect you know is like tucker his partner does a really nice job of of kind of getting up there you know you see him do i think he did like a moonsault at one point um second i think that was the second rope moonsault uh then he did he got a frog splash i think off the top uh you know that's seeing a bigger guy like that get up top and get a little air time that's that's a little excited that exciting that's a little unexpected you know um and i think when you've got three guys who are big men you don't expect to see a whole lot of high flying you know and i think that that was a nice surprise so yeah matches itself i would say was it was a nice solid yeah it was a pleasant Pleasant surprise kind of match. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, moving on, we've got the SmackDown Women's Championship, and Bailey defeated Alexa Bliss by pinfall after hitting the Bailey to belly suplex. Am I saying uh, that right? Yeah, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> so I only have one thing that I want to say about this match. Okay. Um. Aside from the fact that it was just an average match, uh, nothing to write home about. Can we please, for the love of God, stop using German suplexes to throw people back of the head first into a turnbuckle when they have a history of concussions? Oh, I do not want to see that ever again. They hit so hard. Look, Alexa is amazing in my book. She's good on the mic. She's a solid worker for her size. And I would love to see her for the next decade or five to ten years instead of having her career cut short because of what they're doing. And I'm just not a fan of it, and I don't need it. Yeah. On the other hand, that was the only spot in that whole match where I had actually got a reaction out of me. I was like, wow. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was not the kind of reaction that I wanted. Yeah. So, <sighs> but other than that, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with Bailey next. And I'm I, really I more interested. In, <laughs> I'm really more interested in them giving the belt back to Asuka, but that's another problem. Yeah, that's not Because, <laughs> uh. like Joe, they hate her. Apparently. Um, so, 
it does it does it does i will say it is also starting to feel a little bit stale uh the whole storyline of alexa using somebody uh we've seen this now with mickey james nia Jax, and now nikki cross well, it's very clear that they don't have subscriptions to the network. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, so moving on from that, uh, that match. It's just going to get worse from here on out, Ken. <laughs> uh, I, I think, well, I think the next match was a little bit, was, was better than the, uh, the, the final two. Um, but that's just me. We got uh, Roman Reigns defeating Drew McIntyre uh, with Shane McMahon in this corner. And uh, I'm not going to lie, um, Roman came out and there was a mixed reaction that felt very much like uh-huh. the kind of Roman Reigns reactions we were getting a year ago. Yep. And I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I, I let, let me ask you this. Go ahead. Okay. In what ways was the presentation last, you know, on Sunday different from the Roman Reigns we saw a year ago? Well, I mean, there is that. And um, I think I think that's the problem. Like, you know, it's not we're not connecting with the, with the person. And I think that's why you know, he, he enjoyed that massive shift. You know, people were very sympathetic with him as a person. Yeah. And you had some of that personality come yeah, out. Yeah, that did come out. Like, when he when he first announced that he had leukemia, and then when he came back and said he was in remission. And then even, like, the, the first couple of, um, you know, Raws after that. Um, right. He, he did have, like, there was, like a, like you said, a little bit of a, a shift in personality. Uh, like, loosening up maybe a little bit. But, um yeah, I don't know. It feels like we're almost back to where we were. And, or it feels like we're sliding that way. Yeah. Um, and and I don't want to, I would prefer that did not happen. But uh, I will say uh, by the end of the match that there was um, a lot of loud cheers and chants for Roman. Yeah. So that was, that was positive. Uh, let me, let me ask you this though. Go ahead. Cause this is now. Two times that McIntyre's lost to yep. Reigns, you know, and McIntyre has not gotten a universal championship match or he heavyweight any kind match. of championship match. Okay. Uh, no, he was a tag team champ for oh, a gosh. week. <laughs> no, but I mean the issue though <sighs> is like I'm just wondering, are they going to start damaging this character? You know, uh, possibly. So. I know that they still have high hopes for him. Um, there's always the you know the belief that if he's on screen with a McMahon, that uh, that means something. But yeah, yeah I was I was really <laughs> hoping that that this would have been the end of that storyline. But then you get that disappointing you know uh, backstage vignette that they're gonna hash it back up again Monday. I'm like, wow, yeah, you can't even and. Let- and it's definitely it's already leading to a, a match at uh, Extreme Rules. So, yeah, uh, I will say I thought this match was better than the one that they had at WrestleMania. Um, I mean that's maybe not a high bar, <laughs> but I did I didn't I did enjoy this match more than I enjoyed the one at WrestleMania. Um, I... There was there was that spot, you know, where Roman does the thing where he leaps over the top rope onto the outside right. he almost overshot drew right <laughs> he really did he got some major air with that one <laughs> yeah i just i i see that so many times that i i'm that spot doesn't really do much for me but you that know? like you said that's a big dude doing something that we you, you don't see from guys that size yeah you know i mean it, it was always amazing when the undertaker did that move until the one match at WrestleMania where he almost like broke his neck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no Roman Roman definitely gets some air on that stuff. Yeah. So like I said, this one for me, eh, I mean, it was, it was serviceable, but it, it, there's, there weren't any moments that really stood out for me. Yeah. And hopefully, 
I don't know. Hopefully they they move both of these guys on to other things at uh, after Extreme Rules. Um, yeah, because I, 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 I keep going back to like what what's what's Roman's big motivation behind this story, right? Like he wants to he wants to be the big dog. He wants to go ahead and you know, claim claim ownership over his yard. Yeah, you know. Well, he's now beaten Drew McIntyre twice. There's no like there's no incentive for him to keep going back into that that fight. Yeah, they keep they keep doing this whole like Roman Reigns underdog kind of thing with the McMahons and like I don't know if they're if they're trying to it's they they can't get past like the the you know the corporate uh you know Vince McMahon uh stuff from the Stone Cold era and that they you know also rehashed at times with the rock and everything, but yeah, it's just like they they keep going back to the well with the same thing it's i don't know it's it he's he's not he's not an underdog right, and they shouldn't they shouldn't try to position him as such so all right so w w e championship Kofi yes Kingston defeats Dolph Ziggler cage match style oh, excuse <laughs> me, I was yawning. Uh. <clears throat> Were you woken up by somebody jumping through your door? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yes, that was that was it. The match was nondescript, yep. except that finish. Now, yeah. there's a time when a leap, ab- like I was like, "Wow, that, that was, was a that finish was cool. to a cage match that I've never seen." That was a very creative finish. I enjoyed it. And and I feel like WWE has been really flat lately on their finishes, uh, too predictable or just not really exciting. But the match itself wasn't that exciting. But no, that finish was was top notch. That was a great finish. Let me ask you: um, Is it smart to have a steel cage paper in the pay per view one month after you already had a steel cage match at a pay per view? You know what? I actually don't mind it if the um, if the stakes are high enough, and actually, were the stakes high enough? I I kind of like, because I I don't have a lot of good things to say about like the WWE TV over the past couple weeks, but I actually thought the rationale behind having a state the steel cage made sense. You, you know, is it because Dolph, Dolph wanted to keep it completely one to one, and that and, makes sense. You know like, why? Do you know why, Forrest? Because it should have been me. <laughs> it should have been me. But and that not at stomping ground, it will be me. You're awful. Uh, I'm a, they're awful. They are awful. I I just let me ask you this. And uh just something to th- I'm, 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 I found myself asking while I was watching this match. How big was Kofi's pop when he came out? Uh, I don't remember. That says something. <laughs> right? And Okay. How Actually, many- uh, to be honest with you, I think I might have fast-forwarded through it because I was, I was playing catch-up and I wanted to uh, get to bed at a reasonable hour Sunday night. <laughs> so... Uh, I think I started it late, and so I was I was fast forwarding from from be, you know end of match to beginning of match through promos and entrances. Yeah. I I didn't hear a big pop, and okay. the crowd was not as alive during that match. Well, as it's I because was... they were they were so um, drained from cheering Roman at the end. Yeah, of, I'm sure <laughs> from the previous match, and uh, and with so few seats sold, there was a part of me where I'm just like. Is it time? No, it's you know, not time yet. And I'm just saying, like, you know, is is now the time to just not not extreme rules, but for SummerSlam, is it time to start building the road towards taking the belt away? I, I think we're yeah, I because hmm. is Kofi Mania still running strong? Because I'll tell the- you, I remember watching the SmackDown right before WrestleMania. And when he came oh, out, he blew the roof off the Dude, top. Like the, it was crazy. He got the biggest pop at WrestleMania. But I'm, I'm not, not even and kidding. Been, and it's been getting less and less. So there's a part yeah, of me where yeah. I'm like, I'm wondering if if one of the big 
belt changes that we're going to eventually see come SummerSlam is going to be Kofi losing it. And then the next question is, they've got to get Ziggler off the stage so that we can get a new, you know, opponent, you know, on stage. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's cheap pop. You're welcome for that. (laughs) That one was free. (laughs) So, but yeah, great finish, but it did leave me wondering about how much time he has left with the belt. Yeah, I mean that's fair. I think I think it was one pay per view. I'm mm-hmm. not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not too worried. If you if you watch uh, SmackDown or Raw last night, he got a pretty big pop. Um, and so I'm not. Uh, like I said, I don't. I don't think Kofi Mania is done running wild anytime soon. Uh, I think. I think. I think reasonably, SummerSlam is the earliest you can expect him to to drop the belt. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Last and match. Last match. Beth Rollins. Was, let me ask you a question, Ken. Yes. Was there anything good about this match? Was there anything good about this match? And by this match, we're talking about Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin. Uh, Any part Seth of it. Rollins. Anything will do. Here's anything the thing. Will do. So the entire night, they're leading up to this match with who the special guest referee is going to be and everyone is saying you know what if it's Brock Lesnar what if it's I don't know who uh what if it's a returning Bray Wyatt you know who was spotted backstage uh, that night um I, I you know it's one of these things you know I can say I can say it and and um I have no proof but like right before it when they announced I was like what if it's Lacey? That would make perfect sense, actually, because Seth's been going around beating everybody with a chair that's even, you know, sniffed it being the special referee, and he can't exactly go after a woman with a steel chair. At least not WWE in, in you know, 2019. <laughs> if it was Stone Cold and Stephanie McMahon in, like, 2001, maybe. Um, right. <laughs> but we don't live in that era anymore. Uh, and then... And for the briefest, briefest second, I thought, wait a minute, what if it was Becky Lynch? Because that was been, actually my pick. Because they've been doing this whole they've been talking about, you know, Seth Rollins and, and Becky Lynch uh being boyfriend and girlfriend all night long. And and I was like, what if they did like a little swerve here? And that's like what they would have done, I feel like, you know, fifteen 20 years ago just to do it uh-huh. even though it wouldn't necessarily made sense um but I, I i you know then they announced they showed that Lacey was the special guest referee and and honestly i thought that made sense and that was about the pinnacle of everything for this match because <laughs> as soon as as soon as you found out that she was yeah the as soon as you find ref, out it's, it's, you knew how the entire thing was going to play out yeah it's just a matter of how you get there and and can we pause for a second and yeah. just examine the absolute lack of ring logic? Because since when did the referee, the, the enforcer of the rules, then get to go into business for herself and start making her own rules? And, you right. Know, Announcing that there's no DQ or no count out. When has a ref been given that clearance? Yeah. Ugh. It was yeah, no, so that's fair. badly done. So, like, yeah. and the thing is, they could have potentially, I mean, as well, soon as you... As soon as Lacey was made the ref, you knew how things were going to play out. But you can still play it out in a really exciting way. And there was nothing about this match that was exciting. It was so dull. Maybe, maybe the the arbitrary ref decisions are. Um, maybe we can just chalk them up to the wild card rules. Uh, chuck, <laughs> chuck the wild card rules. I agree. It's, you uh, know, I think it's one of those pieces that it's just it has it's diminished the value of oh, yeah. like what's the point of smackdown at this point no there, there's no I point know, to the rosters no, no there's, there's none because um, but it, it hurts my interest i don't need to watch smackdown because i'm going to see the most important smackdown stars show up on, on raw. raw yeah and you know i'm not missing out so yeah. i i think it's killing the undercard and Absolutely. you know when you look at 
the first match of this pay-per-view, right, with, from the, with our 205 championship match, that was your best match going. And all of those wrestlers and the, and the guys and gals that have come up and they're in that mid-card range are having no chance to develop because they're super saturating both shows what with What are you talking about? They're all, they're all running around chasing the 24-7 title. So stupid. Sorry, I've taken us down all these little rabbit holes. These little, <laughs> so, these little tangents. You know, I, think, I think that's I think that's the problem is that this match was so slow, so drawn out. Everything about it was there's just lacked any sort of pacing. And when you think about how fast paced, you know that that the cruiserweight championship match was. When you think about how fast paced the um, <clears throat> the United States championship match was. Yeah. Um, and then you get this. It was just a good example of this is what you could do, and then this is how you cap the night by with what you normally do. And I think that that's that was emblematic. To, I think a lot of what's going on with WWE. It's it's got too it's too top heavy and bloated, and yeah, the wrestling suffers for it. Yeah, the um, once they announced Lacey Evans, you knew where everything was going. It's just a matter of how they got there. Um, the I'll put it this way: I had a one way I thought that I would have had them book it if I were them, instead of uh, having Lacey be taken out by Becky and having the referee from from uh, Super Showdown that Baron um, harassed throughout the match uh, take her place to make and then make the uh, one two three count. Mm-hmm. I would have had uh, Seth do the um, curb stomp on Baron Corbin, and then I would have made Becky put Lacey in the disarmor so she taps the one, two, three count to end the match. Mm. That's how you do it. <laughs> but no. Well, you know, WWE's hiring. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, I think overall, I think a lot of the problems that they've had with the weeks coming into this, the wild card rule, really hurt a lot of the the roster. You know, they don't have a lot of people that they can really bring up with some interesting matches. And as a result, all we've been doing is seeing Seth and Becky and Baron Corbin, uh, the second Baron Corbin Universal Championship match, I'll add, in the last right. Another weeks. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre match. Right. You know? It's it's uh, very tired and played out, and I think because they're not developing the stories in the week to week, the pay per views are starting to really suffer. Yeah, and the whole thing about the about the the draft or the um, you know uh, whatever it was after WrestleMania where they they reshuffle the rosters, right? The, that whole thing is to is to create fresh storylines and and put wrestlers in in new and interesting positions like. Taking Roman Reigns off of Raw and putting him on SmackDown, where, you know where he can have matches against, you know, Randy Orton or Daniel Bryan or you know anybody right. like that 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 he hasn't uh, had a program with yet, and instead it's now he's on both shows, right. and now Kofi the SmackDown champion basically is on both shows, and oh yeah Seth's on both shows and. What's what's the point at at this rate? Right. So I think I think stomping grounds got stomped. <laughs> um, uh, if you had to give it a grade, what would you what would you give it? Honestly, probably D plus C minus. Mm. I, I was gonna I was gonna go with a uh, C C plus. You know, it, nothing it just... nothing that like really there was no super standout match. That uh, you know you're gonna think about it at the end of the year, um, and there there weren't any like real duds, but there were a couple of just you know just average. Yeah, you know. And for the for the promotion that's supposed to be the top of the game, I, I feel like having very few standouts like that. That's that's harsh. So maybe maybe I'll go I'll go with a C minus. But yeah, it was. I think it was a product of of bad build up for the past couple weeks yeah so uh that's uh stomping grounds in the books and in a couple of weeks we've got extreme rules which 
Apparently, it's only three weeks away. Yep. Good grief. July 14th. So it's Which will right make up. for a longer build-up to SummerSlam, would be right. my guess. And that's, you know what, that's not a bad thing. You know, I right. think a lot of... A lot of the attraction for Extreme Rules is going to be in the and uh, all the gimmicks that they're going to have worked into the matches. Um, so hopefully that'll give us something a little more fresh. Yeah. I got to be honest. Slam. I got to be honest. I miss King of the Ring. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That that's a great way to fill some of the summer weeks. That one, you in, know, in your is, house. is building up to. <laughs> hey, hey now, <laughs> in your house or. Also known as when Ken wasn't watching wrestling. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Uh, King of the Ring was cool. I liked the whole uh, concept behind that one. Um, Yeah. But, you know, hey, we got stomping grounds. We got stomping grounds and now we got extreme rules, which uh, I don't know. Can you do extreme? I I was going to ask this question when we had the steel cage match. Um, Can you have a steel cage match? a successful and compelling steel cage match in the PG era. Can you have a, can you have a compelling extreme rules pay-per-view in the PG era? Yeah. Matt Hardy and Randy Orton in their recent cage match. That was fantastic. Okay. Sadistic, exciting, but still existing in the PG era. Yeah. So yeah, I think it can be done. Okay. Well, hope springs eternal. <laughs> Unless you're Samoa Joe. Tomorrow is a new womp, day. Womp. <laughs> Tomorrow is a new day. Yes, it is. All right. I, th- I think we've said our piece. Um, we, well, thanks to everyone for joining us. Tonight, yes. Or whenever you're listening. Yes. Um, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes while it's still in existence. If it is still. Um, we would love to uh, get your feedback on this. Um, check out the other podcasts on the Onstage Blog Network. Um, and check out all of our reviews, movies, theater, all that stuff. All kinds of theater goodness on the Onstage Blog um, universe of podcasts and columns and everything and now i'm just rambling because i don't know how to finish this thing so with that all right uh forrest thanks for doing this thanks ken chris hurry back and we will see see you you all all right bye